today on The Breakdown. We're coming home because it's the poker guys. <laughs> That's right. All the way home. What do I mean when I say that? It's tournament poker. It's day 1A of a big main event. And when I say big, I mean, you know, middling to big. <laughs> $1,200 or so buy-in. First place going to be six figures. It's the kind of thing that you are loyal listeners, may find yourself actually playing in this kind of an event or an event of a similar stature. Maybe it's a $500 buy-in. These are the kinds of situations you may find yourself up against where we have an interesting uh, sort of two-some playing here where one guy has got a hended mob. He's a bit of an online thing. The other guy, kind of your typical amateurish, normal player you're going to find in one of these spots. And that's the guy who might be losing his mind, might be making a play. How do you handle yourself in these spots? What do you do when you're the pro or the good player? Well, we're going to get into it. And we're going to get into it pretty darn soon. Not just yet. We're going to stretch our legs a little bit more first in this opening. And now we'll get to the breakdown with Great Denison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> You really kind of filled in the, a lot of the gaps there that yeah. you have no idea about. Kind right. of kind of like when like you can read words that are incomplete and stuff. You just like read some words that you know that are missing a few letters here and there, and you just filled the letters in and just assumed. I know I know a little bit about the hand. I don't know a lot, but I know some things about the hand. So I, I'm, I'm I meaning about the players mostly. Oh, because you're, yes. you're saying Philippe Suki has a hand in and is like an online guy. There's <laughs> nothing that we have in front of us to indicate anything about oh, really? his online presence <laughs> in any way, except that he's young. Shit. Yeah, he's like that's mistake number one. We just have one. his Hendon, which is on the internet. So maybe that's what you meant, because Hendon's on the internet. Yeah, I'm gonna, and it was suggested on the internet. And you have no idea about the other player. We didn't. It's we, because you said the other player is definitely not on Hendon. So I took that to mean no, he's no, that's not an what amateur. I. That's not what I said. What did you say? I said we're not going to be able to find anything out about him because all oh, we know is yes. his first name. Oh, I thought it was because he was a no one. No. Well. You know what? I'm going to stick with my stick with my story. Okay, though. that's much good. like well, I won't get into it. Much like other people, <laughs> stick to their story. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you're going to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is a little different than most of the things we do. Not just because the stakes are lower and the like top prize is lower, mm-hmm. but because events like this aren't typically streamed or televised, right? That's so right. That, so they're they're not just available for us to do analysis of and. I'm actually kind of excited for it because this is, as you mentioned in the opening, the type of thing that is more commonly played by people in our audience, I'm sure, than, sure. than the 100Ks that we talk about all the time. Like, like you and I have never, just talking about ourselves, have never played a 100K buy-in, we've never played a 50K buy-in, we've never played a 20K buy-in. We Nothing played, more than a 10K. Exactly. Yeah. We played some 10Ks. Um, we played a lot of 1Ks, though, you yeah. and me, right? Like lots and lots and a lot of $500 and yeah. a lot of $1,500 and stuff yeah. like that, right? So that's more, that's, here we are. Right. right. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, so like we're doing breakdowns again about Bryn Kenny against Stephen Chidwick. We're gonna have to make a lot of like assumptions about what they're doing that we are not at a level where we're actually capable of like fully understanding their entire process, right? Sure. Whereas with these guys, this is probably a different story. Wow, you really, really attack these guys by you? saying they're not as good as Bryn Kenny and Stephen. Chidwick. You went from saying these the. Stephen Chidwick's of the world are so beyond us. We aren't even really qualified to think about them. But these guys, oh my God, we totally understand them. That's what I mean, I feel said. like you went a bit too far on yeah, both ways there. Of course I did. I think everybody listening is aware <laughs> that we are not as good at poker as Stephen Chidwick. Well, 
almost everybody listening. Maybe some people have really high opinions of yeah, us. And, and that's, or maybe low opinions of Chidwick. You yeah, know, okay, that fine. guy sucks. That kind of a thing. All right. But I don't think that. But these, like this one kid, like you said, this yeah. is the fields that you and I are more, more used to. It's sure. the fields that probably the listeners are typically more used to um, in most cases. And I think it's, it creates spots that you don't find when you're talking about a $1.25 million buy-in with Stephen Chidwick against Bryn Kenny, right? Like, yeah. It, the reasoning might be different for the players. Like you might get the same solver outputs because these players' actions might in sometimes in some ways be the same as Bryn Kenny's actions, but they might be for completely different reasons, which is an interesting distinction that we might have to dive into as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, a big part of poker is playing to the level of your opponent, right? Yeah. So like I'm gonna have a different strategy for Bryn Kenny than I am for, you know, Jimmy. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say something super, super not okay. Jimmy, Jimmy John Boy over there, you know, like or whatever. Yeah. Right? I want to know what the horrible. I was going to say Jimmy Blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, say. maybe that's not okay to say. It's a weird thing to say. I know. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're supposed to say Joe Sixpack, right? That's the, that's what you're going yeah, for. Yeah, but Jimmy Blow. I don't want Jimmy Blowjob's okay, right? How is that bad? I don't know. I don't know where, where to go. <laughs> Jimmy Handjob. That's another guy. It's a different guy. He's, they're cousins, <laughs> probably. You know. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave you on that side of the table with that one. That's, that's... Grant Dennison loves talking about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what a normal thing to say. <laughs> this is a poker podcast. It really always goes this way, doesn't it? <laughs> Pretty much every time. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good. All right, let's just... I just want to get into your head a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> let's say... Let's say, because like, you haven't been in this situation, but let's say somebody says, I'm just going to put you in 100K and I'm going to take half your winnings. Yeah. If, like, you would, of course, accept I that. I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's the typical field of a 1K where it's like, you know, you got your Kerry Katzes and your Talal Shakurchis, but then... 100K, yeah. 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 But the, yeah, 100K. But then the rest of the guys, are, it's, it's a problem. You sure. Know? How are you approaching that differently mentally than you do the typical 1K that you found yourself in many times? Like, oh. what, what are you, when you're sitting at the table, how, what's different for you? Great question. Okay. The most obvious answers, I think, are um, in a 1K. I mean, this is true in both, but it's going to, the, the ratios are going to be different, where it's sort of like, who do I want to play pots with, right? It's going to be more of a thing in the 100K, right? Because it's going to be not very many people at the table, yeah. but there's going to be a few. So I'm probably going to really stretch to play pots like with Kerry Katz. Yeah. Then I, you know, like call lighter. Who is, by the way, still way better than your average opponent in a I 1K. Know. <laughs> but like, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Um, and like, and maybe like just play, especially in the beginning, like when, like the, the deeper we are, the more I don't want to play pots against the, you know, Steven Chidovics of the world. Because so you want to do a lot of set mining, that type of thing? Yeah, I think I don't want to play, like, and as we get later on, and we're not as deep. I'm going to play high, really high variance against those guys, mm -hmm. against the Bryn Kennys. I'm going to call a lot. As we know. As yeah. we know. I'm probably going to make a lot of like big, big bluffs too. You know, I'm just going to know that the only way I beat these guys, I can't beat them on the fundamentals. So I'm right. going to need to cooler them or I'm going to need to play higher, you know, just high variance stuff and hope, hope I'm hitting the right parts of their range when I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Right. So you're basically then on the other side of the spectrum when you're playing the 1K where you're exactly. like, I'm going to have better fundamentals and I'm just going to let that take right. me as far as the expected value is supposed to. Right. Like to me in these one, in the 1K events, for example, like running crazy bluffs in the first, you know, several levels is just absurd. Yeah. Absurd. You see guys do it. It almost never makes any sense to do. It's almost always a terrible idea. Right. right. Because, and, and I don't know, maybe this is arrogant, but whatever. Like 
I know in almost all, always in those fields, like if I just sit back and play very fundamental, very straightforward, even boring most of the time, you know, okay, maybe there'll be a moment or two not to play boring, but mostly boring for a while. Like, it just works really well. You just slowly build up your chips. Once in a while, you cooler someone. The only way you're out is if you get coolered. Yeah. Like, is, and, like, you look up, and now there's, you know, 25% of the field is left, and you're part of it, and you have a reasonable stack usually, yeah. right? And it's, like, pretty straightforward and easy. So, like, they're just not as good. They're just not, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of dead money in there. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to be the case in these 100 cases. So you cannot play that way. Yeah. So you can't be like, I'm just going to be tight and, like, you know, I'm going to show them the nuts. Like, you can't do that right. to fucking Bryn Kenny and Stephen Chidwick. They will eat you alive. They will paper cut you to death. Yep. For sure. They will. They will. And they're also going to know that you're doing it and adjust really, really well. Just thinking about the last 1K I played. It's a pretty unlucky opening table, although I did pretty well. But, like, yeah. so the 1K is usually, like, the plan is, like, what you're saying. Like, beat them with fundamentals. But in this 1K, on my direct left was Max Young, who is oh, yeah. a very, very good tournament player. Very um, successful. Yeah. And then our friend Taylor, who nobody knows about, but is like it, uh, one of the best players in our region, right? Mm-hmm. Was also at my table, and it was just like that's super unlucky in this one k. Where was this? Was this uh, this was Lincoln at Chinook, Chinook yeah. Winds, Lincoln City? That is pretty unlucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, just the deal. Yeah. But they they mostly want to stay out of your way too, right? Just like you want to stay out of their way. So yeah. there's that. But Max was directly on my left, and that guy oh, yeah. is active. Oh, no, and uh, when Max has been on my left in these spots, like, he definitely will three-bet me, because he knows he can. Yeah. He knows I'm going to have a wider range. Like, you know, he's, he adjusts really well to yeah. all that stuff, and he's quite good. Yeah. So, so I understand what you mean. Right. But usually, you're yeah. going to be in spots where, like, the, there's a player who we don't know anything about, like we mentioned, named Michael in this hand. And his decisions are strange, and we're going to have to get into them, especially cool. later in the hand. And it could be a lot of different things. It could be like he's really recognizing the situation quite well here and he's making a move based on that. Or it could be like this guy has no fucking idea (laughs) what he's doing at all. And it's really interesting to try to figure that out. Cool. Um, But before we do that, we we have to talk about something that's not poker. Like, like, you know, what's the best tire brand or something like that? Maybe based on on their social media. Obviously, Firestone. All right. Here's you like to do the Twitter followers. Which which tire brand do yeah. you think has the most followers on Twitter? What are other okay? Let's go. I got a okay. There's Michelin, Michelin, Firestone, Goodyear, Goodyear. Oh, those. You know what? That's not so straightforward. I'm going to say Goodyear though, based on that. Yeah, it's let's just go with those three because I don't yeah. want to like scrap my brain for. I think that's tire great. manufacturers. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Goodyear, Michelin, Firestone. Goodyear, Michelin, Firestone. What do you think? You know, I think it's hard to know because a lot of this has to do with like if they are like the fun millennial Twitter accounts that people follow for the jokes, and we don't know who's doing like that. Oreo. I mean, come on, that's not why Oreos. I'm obviously joking. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going not even based on that. I'm going to like Goodyear, I feel like has the best advertising presence, like with all the sports stuff that they've done, the blimp and all that shit. You said Goodyear, Firestone, Michelin? No, Goodyear, Michelin, Firestone. I think that's Fire- my order too. Yeah. It's right. probably right then if we both think let's, that. Wisdom of crowds, yo. Let's find out. Okay. It's very exciting. Do we, um, do we know anything yet? Goodyear, the official... They, they have a lot of different ones. They have an actual blimp thing. Okay, uh, so Goodyear's actual account is 37.7K. Okay, I'm looking up Firestone right now. I'll look up Michelin. This is... Michelin also does, like, restaurant stuff, which is weird, but it is... Oh, yeah, because the, the Michelin star. Oh, so if they don't have that separated out, they might win. They do, but Michelin has 70K. What? So, so far, we're both Lies. very wrong. Lies. Are you lying? Nope. So Firestone Tire, 41 and a half. So Goodyear's last. But, they have, but they have split up their, all their, their brand up into well, many so did, things. So did Michelin. Fuck. 
Let's see what the Goodyear Blimp has. Do you think it has more or less than Goodyear? 37.7K for Goodyear. More. I'm going to go more also. It's fun. Nope. 26.5. God! Man, right. we, we really suck. How about Bridgestone? Oh, wait a second. You looked at Michelin. Was that Michelin USA or Michelin? Michelin. Oh, Michelin USA is 70,000 anyway. Um, there's also BF Goodrich tires with 47,500 So everybody's, everybody's more than Goodyear. Yeah. Toyo tires, I've never heard of them. 49,500. All right. Who the fuck is following tire brands? Nito Tire USA, 80,500. Oh, they're winning. They have all of them. It's very confusing. Continental Tire... 116,000? It never, it never gets lower. Bridgestone tires, 102,000. What is happening here? Michelin UK, 71,000. You know what? Something's going on. Michelin UK and Michelin USA within 1,000 followers of each other. Yeah, I smell fake buying, followers. They're buying those followers. Everyone's lying. Because also, like, who would follow these things? I don't understand why you would ever... Like, what... Do tire brands give promotions based on Twitter follows? Maybe, I don't, a, maybe a little bit, but maybe it's because they follow back. Though they don't. Michelin has 70,000 followers and they're following 451. So it's not that. And maybe there's some deals, but a lot of it is just bought. It's got to be just bought, yep. right? Like you hire someone to do your social media and they like spend half the money you're paying them to like buy followers. So it looks like they're successful. Yeah. So you hire them more. That's right? what's going it's on. It's a fucking scam. I think actually this is pretty impressive by the Twitter algorithm. It just yeah. feels like correct to me because I'm on the Goodyear Blimp page right now. And it has, like, you might also like. Yeah. And one of them is City of Akron, Ohio. And I feel like that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're interested in the Goodyear Blimp Twitter follow. You might want to follow Akron. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair. I feel that. I feel that that's correct. Yeah. Huh. I'm really sad that we got into tires, though. Like, if, uh, we could have picked anything in the world, and you chose tires, and I went with it. I mean, you said tires sort of like, and I, you threw it out there, and I started talking, which was a mistake. I felt like that was pretty interesting and it, insightful. I don't know if it was. Well, we got I'm the City sure of Akron thing out of it. That was pretty good. We'll always have that. Yeah, fine. That's what do you true. want to talk about then? I don't know. Oh, you have nothing? Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. How about Amanda Bynes? Can we talk about Amanda Bynes? What about Amanda She's Bynes? She's trending on Twitter right now as we speak. And the hashtag is free Amanda. Something's going on. Is it like a Britney Spears it situation? It is. It is like a Britney Spears thing. She's filing to end her conservatorship after nine years. Someone, Her parents have her money. Fucking crazy, dude. She is. Uh, Didn't that happen with the Olsen twins too? I don't think so, but I don't know. Wow, she really looks different. Okay, good to know. <laughs> what happened, Amanda? Bob? All right, I guess I guess we just can't deliver today. We we can talk about tires, but that's about it. We I guess we have to talk about poker. We now. did have some good tire content at least. Oh, but I thought you were so sad that we did the tire content. I am. I was sad. I am sad, but it still was quality content. Obviously. I mean, clearly those the aggregators are going to love this. If anybody can talk about tires, it's us. <laughs> like, we, we did some good tire content. Have you ever, um, ever had any sort of surprising thing happen with a tire in your life? <laughs> <laughs> like I was aroused by one? No. Wow, I was, did not mean that, but I guess... Because that happens every day, yeah, and I mean, it's not just, a surprise. You just told me something about yourself, didn't uh, you? Surprising? No. I mean, I've had a flat tire. I was aroused by one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is a flat tire surprising? Nope. No, it's not. Then I don't know. Have you That's, had, a, have you had the, a surprising? The best I can, the only thing I got is um, I got a new car. I got tires. Or I got, I bought a used car many years ago. Got new tires put on them. And then I was driving. There was this like weird like banging in my car. Yeah. It sounded really bad when I would hit like 55 miles an hour. So part of it, I thought like the car might explode or something. So I brought it into a place. They looked at it and they're like, oh, there's this lug nut in your tire that they didn't, they didn't like do it tight enough. So, it's, so that's it's just why rattling it was, around in the yeah. tire. And so when you go fast enough, you can hear it. 
And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you're lucky because, like, you definitely could have died from this. Like, it definitely could have punctured the tire and could have killed you pretty easily. Wow. Yeah. So I went to the tire place, Firestone. Yeah. That's right. We name names on this show. Wow. And I was like, hey, so this happened. So you guys are going to pay for, like... Like, I want, I want a refund. And the guy was like, yeah, we'll refund you for that tire. I'm like, no, you're refunding me for all four fucking tires. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And the guy, like, looked at me, and he was like, okay. And he gave me all the money back. Nice. And I got to keep the tires. You got free tires. Free tires, baby! That's a, that's a grizzled cross-domain edge sorter for you. Edge seeker. Edge seeker, not edge sorter, yeah. <laughs> I got caught up with the Phil Ivey yeah, thing. Yeah, Phil Ivey's a grizzled cross-domain edge sorter. Yeah. I don't know if you can be cross-domain edge sorter. I think that only I works. I think you in, can. Doesn't that only work in Baccarat? I would say it doesn't. What else does it work in? Anytime you want to read cards, you know, like... If there's a certain printing. Yeah. yeah then you would be sorting edges on any game. Yeah, okay. So, fuck you. I don't know if that counts as cross-domain, because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like cards are all the same domain. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Fine. Fine. Edge sorting. For the win. Okay, well, the, we had a little tire, more tire content. The grizzled cross-domain edge seeker got free tires. It's not a surprise. Here's, here's, a, <laughs> here's where we can go with from, from there. Oh, good. What else have you gotten free that other people shouldn't have, should, wouldn't have gotten free? Like, what I wouldn't have gotten free, because I am not at all an edge seeker, and you know that. Yeah. Like, I, mm. It's hard to think of stuff off the top of my head, you know? Like, besides, like, meals. I get yeah. meals free sometimes that you wouldn't get, for sure. You've been there for some Free time. or... Oh, okay. No, it's more like you send stuff back. Yeah, I send stuff back and get a different meal. That, yeah. Although, sometimes when you send stuff back, they just take that off. They don't charge you for anything. Yeah. So it ends Sometimes, up being free. Yeah. But not all. That's not what I'm angling for, although yeah. I love that. But, you know, I'm happy if they just replace it. Um, yeah, I don't think you get free meals. I've had that happen where they just don't charge you. Hmm. Yeah, because they feel like, oh, you know, yeah, we just took it off. Because yeah. people don't do that enough, you know? Everyone out there, send your food back. I, I Good mean, or bad, send it back. No, to, to, to be fair, I think that's, yeah. that's correct. You're, you're right. That sending food back when it's not to your expectations is totally fine and fair at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It, like that's your action. They can react to it how they want. They yeah. Sh- and, and then you can react with your patronage how you want based on how they react. And that's totally fair. And most people feel like it's too awkward to do, including me in lots of cases. The thing is restaurants in almost every case are really happy to like fix it for you. Cause they yeah. want you to like tip them. It's well all about repeat. Want, business. They want you to come back. Yeah. The people who are working have to cook anyway. They don't really care if you're a dick to them. That's one thing, but yeah. if you're nice about it, they're they're fine about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not saying like be like this is fucking terrible and I hate yeah. you for it. You could say like ah, this is not exactly what I was hoping for. Or, like it has this flavor that I didn't like or something. I mean, yeah, I, I will often say with a big smile like I really don't like this. Yeah, like, this is really this, I don't think this is cooked right or something about this doesn't work for me at all. And like they're fine with that. Although like, you just told me a story today about how you had the worst pizza yes. of your life and you actually just scraped the toppings I, off and ate the bread, I know, so you I didn't almost, send it. back. I thought about sending it back multiple times, but I kept thinking like I felt like I actually got what I ordered. And they actually, I didn't think they cooked it wrong. I thought they just, I just didn't like it, which to me is a slightly different thing. You can send it back, I guess, if you don't like what you order. But I feel like that's a little, like, I ordered this thing. They gave me what I ordered. I feel I have less You kind of gam- You kind of gambled with your order? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, like, if that's what they do, that, that's, that's different than, like, oh, this, thing's, this thing is cooked badly. You know, right. This thing is, like, a bad version of, like, that time we got veal parmesan or whatever it was. You at, and uh, our friend Rouse. Robert Brewer got the same thing at uh, And it was, like, Rousin. rubbery. Yeah. And I was, like, this is not right. And like, it was, like, a $52 thing. Yeah, and this is, like, six years ago, too. Yeah. It's like an ex- so it would be, like, $75 now or something like that. It's an expensive entree. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it was awful. And they, we sent it back, and we got good stuff. It's cool. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if this story has been told, but the best story from that dinner is not that at all. 
the you know this story. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Uh, maybe it's only been told once in the podcast, and it needs to be told again. So uh, Jonathan has a weakness for, for desserts, and especially tiramisu, yeah. which they do well at Rouse, because it's an Italian restaurant that is good. Um, usually, I guess mm-hmm. not the veal parmesan that day. But so we were hanging out with our friend, Robert Brewer, eating the meal. We, we ordered tiramisu to share for dessert. And uh, Jonathan got into telling this story about a friend of his who had this situation where he was <laughs> a bit gluttonous. Yeah, he very gluttonous. He went back for, I think it was four or five, five. milkshakes or Sundays on like a cruise ship or something. Basically, close yeah. enough. Which is like a ridiculous amount of Sundays to eat. They were full on Sundays. Yeah. They weren't small Sundays. Yeah. Either. It was incredible. As Jonathan was telling this story, he was eating the tiramisu so fast and so violently that neither Robert or I got a bite. <laughs> he got a little bit. Maybe a tiny bit, yeah. but it was like, he was just it like... It was a big thing at tiramisu. He was hoovering the tiramisu it was so as, good. as he was telling the story about gluttony. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, you guys love that. It was, it was really good. tasty. And I, you put a tiramisu in front of me. I will, I will spoon someone's eyes out, you know, if they're going to... Wow, that seems like a lot. Even look at me funny. Let's see if we'll spoon these guys' eyes out okay, for great. how they play the hand. Let's do it. Hey, this was suggested by Chris Jones. Hey, podcaster. Yeah, he's on the uh, Rec Poker podcast. Yes, he is. Nice fellas. Indeed. Over in Minnesota, I, I believe. I don't remember. I'm going to call it Minnesota. I hope. Maybe Michigan. I hope you're somewhat in the general neighborhood. Of They're Brent. in the Midwest. At least some of them are. Wow. You know they what you're doing? Being racist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always find a way. Uh, you said it, not me. Yeah, I just, I just you know, beat you to it. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, Chris Jones suggested on Discord. He's a member of our Discord server because he's smart. That's you know? right. If you're dumb, you're not. And if you're smart, you are. Yeah. So that means I guess it, anyone who isn't now can't get in. It's they too late. They don't qualify because yeah. they know they're dumb. Yeah, the Meridian has already been established. Nice. Yeah. I like that, the Meridian. Ooh. Yeah. See, that's the type of smart shit you get on our Discord. You know, if you want to become smart, maybe someday you can become smart if you join our Discord. Use the oh. link. Use the link in uh, the description to join. We talk about this hand, the other hands we've done, uh, food, obviously. My God. We have a shoot the shit channel for just whatever you want to talk about. We have poker talk. You can post your hands for review by the community, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. So do that. Uh, also on our Discord in the thread for this hand will be the solver work that Danny Sprung does. We have not seen that work yet. We're going to take a look at that after we do our analysis and come back and talk about it. But if you want to see his entire write-up, that's also a place to do it is Discord. Sounds great. All right, let's get to it. Okay. So it's day 1A of this 1K, you know? Yep. It's kind of refreshing to do a tournament like this. It's fun. It's 400-800. The guy who we know has at least some accomplishment is Philippe Suki. He has uh, over 600K on his hand mob and maybe some online stuff. Jonathan speculated a lot of online stuff, perhaps, <laughs> but we yeah. have no idea. I guess not. Uh, so this is the guy who, like, at least probably knows what he's doing to some extent, right? Based, yeah, based on yeah, those yeah. Things. And uh, this is the Grovesner Poker main event, by the way, which... Apparently, Philippe Suki is a big Grovesner poker guy. It's a UK tour, and he's from the UK. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do any more research on Grovesner poker? Do you know anything about it? Nah. It's just a you know mid-stakes tournament series that sure. goes around the UK. Let's go with that. All right. So know. we're going to call him Phil, Philippe Suki. Okay. be Phil. He's got 56.6K at 400-800. He's plus one with Ace Jack of Diamonds, and he's going to open to 1.7K. I don't think we have any problems with that. I do not. And now we have... The man in the box, the box of unknowing, Michael. We don't know anything about him except that his name is Michael. He's middle-aged. He's in this poker tournament. Yeah. Um, he's got 124,000 in front of him, so he's done well. 
in this tournament so far. This is day one. I mm. imagine the starting set was probably 50K or something yeah, like that, 40 or 50? Probably 50. Yeah. Uh, 124K. And I guess he's probably gotten it by being aggressive because he is going to three bet the plus one guy from plus three with ace nine off to 5K. So I'm going to say, based on one data point... You don't like this. ...that he is not a pro and he's not a crusher, and we may not be able to find him behind him even if we looked. Because is, is it possible this? this right. Yeah, go ahead. Let me approach this a different way. Okay, defend the play. Oh, you son of a bitch! Defend the play. All right. Well, we have a lot of chips. Yeah. Right. So we we can um, we can bully everyone more. We have yeah. an ace in our hand. That's good too. Blocker. We're, yep. We're attacking uh, the plus one, which it looks strong at least. To, to choose to three best. That's, that's, a nice, that's a nice... Uh, You're forcing me to defend it. What I know, do you want but that's, say? A, that's a nice tinted window to look at. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't... I'm concerned about what we can fold out. This is... This is I'm, I'm struggling to really defend it. Do you think the sizing is problematic in that case? Because it's not big enough? I think that. I think the fact that our man open plus one is most of his range is going to call a three bet. Right? right, but if we made it seven and a half K... Maybe we can chop off at least twenty percent of that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Seven and a half k is a lot. Ish. Could we make it? Uh, if we four x, what would we get to? I guess we get to six point eight if we four x. Yeah. So I think a four x at least is called for here if we're going to make a play at the plus one. I don't know why we're doing it. I can't really. I mean, I can't really reasonably defend this clearly. Like I, yeah. I gave you three quick things to say, but like really, this is this is kind of an absurd three. We have a blocker. We know it's a bluff. I assume Michael knows it's a bluff. Right. Um. Okay. Yeah, those are good things. But <laughs> we know it's a bluff. That's a good. That's a way to defend it. <laughs> it's better than not knowing. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We hope he knows it's a bluff. Anyway, I assume he's got to know, right? That yeah. This is not a good, a good hand to do this with. I mean, I, I've I have had a person right. in live poker say to me after betting the river, it wasn't a value bet or a bluff. It was just a hand that you bet. So, like, knowing, yeah. knowing is good. And, like, you could actually say that maybe earlier in a hand sometimes if you're doing it based on a game theory thing. Okay. Uh, but on the river, I don't think you can really say that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. When you're three-betting the plus one, you should probably know if you're bluffing or not. Yeah. Right. We are definitely bluffing with ace of hearts, nine of spades, plus three. Yeah. I mean, there's no good reason to do I this. think the sizing is really problematic here. I mean, yep. the... The biggest problem is the choice to do it in the first place, right? Like, this is probably an ill-advised three-bet on day one. Maybe maybe this works on the bubble, you know, or in, in high-leverage spots. But, yeah, oh, I think it does, actually. Yeah. I think on the bubble, or, well, it'll work a lot. I think uh, final table, this yeah. will work a lot. Like, you might fold out ace-jack suited if right. you do this at the final table. Yeah, you might. this might be the type of play that the tournament winner makes over and over again at the final table yes. of a tournament like this, right? Yes. Um, but in on day one, I don't think... And everyone's deep. Yeah. Also, look at the price uh, Philippe is getting. Right. Here. This is why I'm saying that that's also a huge problem. Is he's getting almost three to one. It's close to three to one. I think it would have been much better to size in correctly the other way. Like make it 10K. I think it's better to if make it 10K. you have to do it, I yeah. agree. Bigger has got to be better in this yeah. spot, right? If you're going to do it at all. Um, this is just a bizarre, bad play. I don't know. I don't think it's possible to really reasonably defend this. It seems like based on this one action, it's likely that... This is how Michael has accumulated his chips, is by doing yes. this type of thing over and over again and having it work out post-flop. Yeah, that's, this is what I was thinking. Just like 124K and he does this. He did this a few times. He coolers somebody. That's what happened. Or he right? gets him to call the flop and fold the turn. Like he just yeah. keep, stuff like that, you know? 
Yeah. By the way, if you are the guy who's been three betting a lot, a lot, 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 this is not the hand and the, the position to attack. This is not the position to attack and not the hand to do it with. Right. Like, because he's going to not fold a lot if you've been three betting a lot and you only have ace nine. And it's probably, blocker. it's probably not the opponent either. And right. to Michael's credit, it is day one. So you probably didn't hand in the people at your table. Yes. You don't know that Phil is probably one of the more accomplished players in the field, right? Right. I wouldn't think he would know that. Yeah. Um, so you just assume it's just another guy. So yep. you're just doing your thing. But yeah, obviously we have reasons that we don't like this hand played this way. No, no, this, this, this is rough. This is a very clear fold, of course. Yes, of course. All right, back to Phil. You can't fold because of the price, but with Ace Jack suited, could you consider folding for seven and a half K? Uh, if we made it 1.7, he makes it seven and a half, so it's almost 6,000. I think we could. I think yeah. we could. Um, we're going to have stack to pot's going to start to get a little ugly. It's going to start to eat into our stack as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's now like a bunch of blinds already. We're going to be yeah. out of position. You could talk yourself into a fold. I think, I think you probably would talk yourself into a fold. Yep. But in this case, we're getting three to one. Almost. So, so we pretty much just have to call with ace-jack suited. Yeah. We have ace-jack suited. Come on. And we can't four-bet unless this guy is literally three-bet every hand, right? Right. Right. We just can't. Yeah. So Phil calls. Yep. Loving how Phil's playing it so far. Good job. Philippe so far, so Suki. good. Pot is 12,000 chips. Dollars. This is a tournament. What if, what if the betting units were dollars, though? What uh, if they call them Like dollars? the old WPT, where they used yes. to put a dollar sign in front of the chips because I don't know why. I don't know why either, because they thought it made it more exciting. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> what you should do is use the link in the description to sign up for Nitrogen Sports. I like the pregnant pause in the middle of that sentence. I think that really added to the drama. Was the pause pregnant? It was it was like... The pause, the pause was missing its period, but we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pause was late. Yeah. All yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, please please be correct. I apologize. Yeah, you should be uh, apologizing. <laughs> and, and you should be apologizing for not talking more about nitrogen sports. Because you got to call a doctor. <laughs> you love that so much. Why, nitrogen sports. Why do you have to call a doctor? Because you're going to get so sick from all this stuff at nitrogen sports. <laughs> Like what kind? What kind of sick? You're gonna get ill. You're gonna have to go to the hospital. Like too much of a good thing. Yeah, I know. It's just gonna be horrible for you. <laughs> You're gonna be so unhappy. Wow. It's gonna hurt. At nitrogen sports. <laughs> this is a good ad. Yeah. What's gonna hurt so much? The pain. <laughs> <laughs> from, well, what, what causes the pain? The fucking sickness causes the hurt. <laughs> the pain to happen, man. And it's all because of the cards that nitrogen gives you. Because <laughs> what are you doing with your life anyway? You know, you're reflecting on it and you realize the mistakes you made. All because you know? you're on nitrogen sports. <laughs> so are you in the hospital like on suicide watch? Uh, yes, yes, but also you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Both. Both. Do we need to say more for it to get you to click the link? I mean, like, what else needs Ooh. to be said besides Ooh. those things will happen to you if you click the link? Uh, you know, we've said a lot of things about nitrogen in our five and, years. And finally, we've been honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one recently where it was like nitrogen sports. We hope you all die. I yeah. think that was, but like, this is the next level. Not just we want you to die. We will, we will cause your death. Not this death. Is, you just said hospitalization. Oh, it's true. It, it's unclear. But, no, but it turns out it is fatal. Oh. <laughs> but it, I hadn't said that but yet. But there will right. be hope for a few days. Yeah, you will think you might make it. Well, you won't know. 
the doctors will at least lie to you and they'll tell comfort your, you. Yeah, your family will will act like you're not dying and not give you a chance to put your affairs in order. But they're gonna say we're just closure. gonna we're just gonna get them as comfortable as we can. Yeah, That's and the, the family's like, don't tell them, and it'll be bad because you'll realize as you are drifting off this mortal coil. Finally, at the end, there were so many people you you could have called and. And reached out to and said the things you've always hoped to say and, and needed to say. And, and your you last didn't. and your last thought will be, my family is in a disarrayed state, and I don't know what's going to happen with with my estate now because it's going to be one of those things where the family ends up divided over yes. it, and it's going to be my fault because I didn't get my affairs in order, and it's all because I clicked the link in the description. It's not only a sickness that affects me; it now is going to have reverberations. It's and gener- my family. It's generational. Exactly. I mean, I worked my way up from 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 a very rough place <laughs> to finally make something of, of myself. Yes. And and now look, look what's going to happen. Two generations from now, we're dirt poor again because I didn't get my shit together before I clicked the link. Yep. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. This isn't nitrogen's fault. Nitrogen has opened my eyes, but a little too late. Yeah. Nitrogen tried. By killing me, they tried to help. That might be the best ad ever. <laughs> but, but, but in all honesty, there are good things in nitrogen that don't make you sick. That's true. There are some good things, too. There's the monthly Poker Guys tournament, the last Sunday of every month. You can only access that if you use the link. There's sports betting, casino games, other promotions for you. If you use the link, we will see you there. We will all be very ill. It will be wonderful. Nitrogen sports. You will die, but along the way, there may be some good things. Okay. Okay. Gonna get another five years of ads from that one. I mean, that one alone. They are gonna send us all uh, an advanced check for <laughs> the next twenty years after that ad. <laughs> that was incredible. And we're gonna be like, we cannot take this due to inflation. Thank you. Nice. But you're gonna have to either increase this number by a lot, by a lot. Like put three zeros, or somewhere. just sign an ironclad contract that says you'll pay us whatever we want, whenever we want. Hmm. That's Which a good I think nitrogen might be up to that. They, they might. They might be like, you know what? They earned it. With I mean, the, with the ad where they said that they're they're going to cause death and illness. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like if someone really were to go back, you could just make a greatest advertisements for nitrogen sports, and it would just be hours of us doing beautiful work, absolutely beautiful work. Well, nitrogen hasn't dropped us yet, so I guess they're okay with yeah, it I so far. Yeah, I guess that's true. This may be the one. <laughs> it might be it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All anyway, right. anyway, here we are. Okay, Philip Suki, Philippe Suki, who we're going to call Phil. Has some results. Ace Jack of Diamonds plus one has called the three bet from Michael, who has a big stack and ace nine off and yeah. uh, ill advised three bet, in our opinion. 12,000 in the pot. The flop is Ace of Spades, Queen of Clubs, Three of Spades. This is a spot you've been in with Ace Jack many times, I'm sure, dear listener and Jonathan. Mm. Exactly this spot, right? Don't you just like kind of feel this spot? Like you know really this spot? So well. Yeah. Obviously, it's a check for Obviously. Phil. Obviously. We don't really need to litigate that at all. I think it is interesting to talk about what Michael should do. I agree. What are your options? Obviously, there's sizing to consider if you're going to bet. And um, what do you like? Okay, I think we probably should bet. We don't have a great kicker. uh, But I think we should probably bet anyway because this is a board we're mostly going to bet on. Does that Um, matter as much in these fields? Let's assume we don't know anything about Phil. That's a fair point in in these fields specifically. Um, We don't know anything about... uh, The thing is, there are a lot of hands... That are going to call on this flop if we bet, right? Like uh, a lot of worse hands than ours. If we size it in a certain way, I guess some gut shots will call. Yeah, King Jack. Yeah, all King Queen's going to call. Now these hands have to have survived the three bet, which is a little problematic because if they're not suited, they shouldn't be here. Right. I mean, it was only to five k, the three bet. Yeah, King Jack off should fold. King anyway. Jack off probably doesn't open. 
Yeah, that's true. King Queen off does open and calls. Getting three to one, maybe yeah. it does call. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, hmm. So that's good. I mean, yeah. that, that's good in favor of betting. There's spades. If we if we size it down, like pairs may call. I don't think we should consider balance in this decision. Probably yeah, I in think these you're fields, right. and when I play in these fields, I generally do not, unless I'm playing against Max Young or Taylor. Right. You know, right. the, and against those guys, I will. Yeah. But if I somehow found myself in this position with Ace-9, mm-hmm. but against the rest of the field, no, it's just not happening. I think, in general, these kinds of fields are going to be more apt to call on flops anyway, where it's still kind of cheap and there's endless possibilities. It really depends. I mean, this is a know-your-customer situation yes, because for, it depends on what a 1K is to somebody, right? Because right. if a 1K is a big deal to somebody, when this is the 1K, which is the main event, which means for many of the players here, it is a big deal for yeah. them. And in the 1K main events that we've played, I feel like people take it pretty seriously. You know what? That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really fair point. It's different than playing a 1K at the World Series. I was going to say, it's like a 1500 at the World Series, not at all like that. Yeah. We're like, that's the cheap one, yeah. right? And so it's like, some people are really lighting it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. No, it's different. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think so from you, a practical so perspective, I, I usually find myself checking in these fields in, in this spot if I were to be in the spot like this. I mean, maybe if we're cut off button, I could find myself in this spot, right? And I would likely check back. Um, yeah, I think checking back is totally reasonable. Uh, I think, though, like, I, I really don't hate a bet. Um, obviously, if we bet, we're, we're often, we're only, we're only going forever two streets. We're never putting in more It's than hard two to streets. even imagine a second street working well, out. The second street would be about denying equity to the, all the draws and stuff like that. As like much if as the I seven think. of diamonds came on the turn or something? Yeah, something safe comes, then we're like, okay, the gut shots, the spades. We don't want to just give them a free card, right? So we'll bet again, and, but we don't have to bet huge, but we'll bet again and, we'll, and we're done. Yeah. Kind of a thing. That, we could also very reasonably check back and bluff catch the river. Um, I like so much better a line of check and if check two again, bet. Right. The, of course, the problem with checking is um, they can, we can be, you know, two streets can be taken from us now, right? Um, if they bet, bet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we don't, said, we don't have to call the river depending on that's the situation. True. And that said, like, uh, the plan I have is two streets anyway. And if we check the turn, like, two streets can be taken from us in either direction. Yes. Really. So, it's, so it's not a great point. Um, I think it's fine to check. I think it's fine to to bet also I really do on this board because I think you, there are still a lot of calls we're going to get if we don't size it up too much. Well, we have to know a little bit about our opponent too. Like, are they going to raise all of their draws? And are we going to fold if they raise? That's a great point. Because uh, even on these boards, in yeah. these fields, some players are still in the 2009 mindset of like, all draws have to be raised. Right. You know? This is a board they probably shouldn't be raising very often. They shouldn't us. be, but... doesn't like, mean they are. We have the nine of spades in our hand, which yeah. does not got a little bit of the spades. Which means we should be more apt to fold if we get check raised. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think if we're going to fold to a check raise, we should be more inclined to check, though. Because we actually have value here. Yeah. So... But like having think, the nice spades is cool. But I think like, we're kind of supposed to fold to a check raise in these fields, you yeah. know, unless think, we yeah. know for sure that they're only check raising draws and super That's monsters. Fair. That's fair. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So then maybe we can bet and not worry about it is what you're saying. Yeah, right? we can bet and not worry about it or we can check. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think I prefer a check, but I totally see the argument for a bet. I, I think I prefer a bet, but I'm down with a check and I'm going to check this a lot myself too. I think this is a pretty good one to mix, you know, like a 50-50-ish yeah, breakdown here. Frequency is is totally reasonable. I think for Ace Nine. If betting into this pot of twelve k, yes, Ace of Spades, Queen of Clubs, Three of Spades. We've got Ace Nine off with a Spade. What size do you like? I'm going to go pretty small. I'm going to go like four thousand, forty five hundred. Ensure like that. that the Queen Jacks call and stuff like that. Yeah, 
Jack 10 gets to call now, yeah. too. Sounds good to me. Yeah. We don't mind folding out the gut shots, but it's fine for them to come up. Right. Along. They get to do whatever they want. Like, like, Jack 10 may fold. Jack 10 may call. It's, either one's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what Michael does. So we like a thing that Michael does here is the sizing he chooses here. 5K. Okay. Same, yeah. same as his preflop sizing. Maybe he's just lucky. He might have even said same bet. Who knows? <laughs> it's fine, though. Yeah. That's a perfectly fine thing. All right. Does Phil once again have the most straightforward decision in the world? Yes. Of course he does. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. You raise. Raising is crazy anyway. I mean, you can, raise, you can raise in a cash game against Marty from Poker Time. Maybe that has a lot There's of There's a few guys who may call no matter what, but in general, right, you're raising here is just a game theory disaster. Calling is super straightforward. Yeah. Phil calls. Yep. This is why he's the guy with the, the hand in, because he knows how to do it. Yeah, so far so good. I and mean, he's been gifted the easiest decisions in the world so far, but he's done them correctly. Lots, mm-hmm. of, lots of people fuck him up. People will check raise in these fields with, with ace jack on this board. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So there's 22K in the pot now. Turn is the five of spades. That's a pretty wet uh, card. It should yes. not interact as a wheel with either player too frequently, unless Michael has something like ace deuce or ace four, ace five, that he's, which are you know more reasonable three bets than ace nine off. He mm-hmm. would have had those suited if it was part of the reasonable range. So I suppose it interacts more with Michael's range than Phil's range, because Phil probably doesn't have those hands too often. Right. I think that's correct. Um, but it is also a spade, which yep. you know gives Michael a little... More breath of hope with the nine of spades in his hand. That's true. He, I mean, from Michael's point of view, he already may have had the best hand, and now he, this may be... A, it's, it's not even really clear if you wanted, if you wanted to go spade, spade, if you're him, right, with the nine of spades. But. Well, let's talk about this from Michael's perspective, if okay. we were in the seat. Um, yeah. How are we ranging Phil right now? What do we expect his, his range to look like? When he calls on the flop, he's got the reasonable aces like he has. Ace-10 suited, ace-jack suited, ace... He doesn't really have. I guess he could have ace king, but I wouldn't think yeah. he has that much ace king. He can, he can have a little bit of very strong hands like ace queen, but not too much. Um, king queen, queen jack suited, stuff like that. Um, and then like spades, but there aren't that many spades for him to have really. Like the big spades, the spades are mostly combo draws, right? Like king jack of spades. Yeah, maybe he could have eight nine of spades, maybe. but we have the nine of spades. Maybe right. he could have seven eight of spades. Okay, maybe he can have seven eight of spades. Yeah. Um, Maybe he could have hands like King Ten of Diamonds. Is, you think that's doable? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's calling without any diamonds on the board. Yeah, he may just throw that away because it's like even when you get there, you got problems yeah. a lot. You know. Uh, yeah, that's so King Ten of Clubs. Yeah, maybe King that. Ten of Clubs. King Ten of Clubs. King Jack of Clubs. Sure. Jack, Jack Ten of Clubs. Yeah. Jack, yeah. Um, so all that, and we expect those hands to fold now if we bet again. Yes. We, of course, expect spades not to fold. Right. What do we expect the bigger aces to do, ace-10 and ace-jack suited? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Like, if we bet again, I think they're going to fold a lot. I think we're supposed to bet as a bluff. To get those exact hands to fold. And deny equity to the gut shots that still remain. Right. Like, the spades is a, it's a lost cause against the spades, but we block spades. We block some of his most likely non-combo draw spades, which are 9-10 and 8-9 of spades, right? What are we repping? I know this is a 1K, so maybe it doesn't matter, but what are we repping when the third spade comes on the ace-queen-3-5 board? That's a great question. Yeah, it's we're not... We're repping king-jack of spades? Yeah, we're repping a... Weird yeah. three-bet? A really weird preflop three-bet? Which is what we do have in our own way, yes. but still, we're not repping very much of true strength here. That is true. Maybe, maybe ace-queen plus we can bet, but maybe we don't do that. Do we really bet ace-queen? I don't. 
I mostly don't either. Yeah. I mostly check and be like, I'm kind of never falling in the river. Yeah. So let's see what happens, you know? Okay, so I guess I'm kind of being pulled in two directions because you make a really good point. Yeah. And against an elite player, you can't really bet here unless you have some sort of history that allows for that. Right. Um, but but I, I, certainly, I certainly think we can fold out almost everything except for a flush either way. Like, who cares if the story is bad if he's going to fold anyway, right? I mean, he doesn't have ace-king almost ever. He doesn't have very much ace-queen. Uh, he does have gut shots, and he does have a few aces, and the aces he have are usually beating us. Yeah. We can fold kind of everything out. If he's going to fold ace-jack of diamonds, if we bet 13K here, we should bet 13K here. Yeah. Because I know the story is bunk, but that doesn't matter, it if, shouldn't it, matter. if it works, right? Yeah, and it's early enough in a tournament, even if you're telling a bad story, Phil's supposed to fold anyway. He's supposed to be like, that's a bad story, I fold. Yeah. Like, I can't put all these chips in hoping that, you know, you don't have King Jack of Spades right now, right. but I can just wait. Yeah. He's, Phil is good enough to know he just has to fold. Now, Michael may not know that, but we know that about yeah. Phil. So Phil's just going to fold this hand for sure on a 13K bet, I think. Right, and this is the top of his range that uh, isn't a slow play on the flop that's not Spades, and it's hard to think of what Spades he has because you would expect that the combo draws are going to raise at least with some frequency on the flop. Yes. And so that leaves him with maybe 7-8 of spades because we have the 9 of spades. It's Michael. He's not going to always raise on the flop, though, because Michael's got a... It's a pretty polarizing spot for him. Like, yes. Where he's got a lot of insta-folds and insta-calls. He's not always going to raise the flop, but he's certainly going to sometimes. At least a little bit with, like, the king tennis of spades. Yeah. yeah. At least sometimes. And it's, it's three combos of combo draws, to be clear. It's not, okay. It's not that much. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Because we never have four or five of spades. So maybe a one assume. and a half combos of those are here. Yeah. And we're obviously losing to those. And then maybe seven, eight of spades. Fine. But we're, so we're basically, there's like two and a half-ish combos that are going to put money in and have us crushed. And the rest of the combos are going to fold. Some of them we're beating. Some of them we're losing to. Who cares? Let's just win the pot. That sounds great. Yeah, I like that. I, th- I think you're right. It's a 1K. We're probably supposed to just bet here and not worry about any of that other stuff. No, I don't know if I would have arrived at that. In the seat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a check. It feels like oh, you're yeah. supposed to check back. Especially when you got the nine of spades is a little bit of backup, yeah. right? And we can bluff catch. Really but the fact that we can pretty easily fold out ace-10 and ace-jack here, assuming that Phil's not a calling station, yeah. it seems like a really good idea to bet. Yeah, and like you said, folding out the gut shots doesn't suck either. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're supposed to bet. Okay. I think against the non-good players we're supposed to bet. The non-good players. The good players may smell out the fact that we're not repping it. But we were just talking about how Phil is going to fold anyway. No, no, no. Remember the idea of like an elite player, though, mm-hmm. may just be like, you can't have it. How, how can you ever have it? It's like almost impossible oh, like, for you to have a hand. Oh, you mean like a Stephen Chidwick? Yeah. Oh, you don't mean Phil? No, no. You thought Phil's like... No, oh, Phil's good. good. Yeah. Phil's good. No, I'm, no I, that's why I said elite. Right, right. So in this field, we're not going to find those players. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. For the most part. Yeah. No, I think we can bet this. I, I'm with you. Okay. Anyway, it goes check, check. Okay, that's Which fine. Is that's you, totally understandable. You would expect that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to the meat and also to the potatoes. I want the potatoes first. I like potatoes. Potatoes are great in lots of different ways. Yep. Obviously, it's hard to fuck up a potato. It's been done, but it's hard to do. What's your favorite potato? I think we've gone over this, but um, you know, it varies. It, it, I think I have a recency bias with potatoes because... It's always good. I'm already sorry I asked. <laughs> Why do you have to be like this? Why? Grant's eyes went from really engaged in talking yeah. to like, they just like, they became like thin slits, like, like, like just anger, furious anger when I said that. You stole my joy. <laughs> yeah. I was ready to talk about potatoes and yeah. you stole, you, you, you sucked the air out of the room. It just, you know, it just 
didn't go. It didn't fly for me, so I was. I decided to kill it. <laughs> it's like it's like offensive. I'm I'm insulted. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, no, now now people don't get to know what my favorite. Potatoes. All right, another time, another time. You've, mm, you've already no. talked about it anyway. A, you said you've already talked about it. There's a hex on that and a hex on on your house. <laughs> My house, yeah. not just on me. Yeah, your clan and your house. Wow, wow. Yeah. You were going for the whole family? Yep. Okay. You That's deserve it. That's a mistake. Huge mistake. It feels like a good choice to me. Let's anyway, the river. River's the queen of hearts. Okay. Ace, queen, three, two spades, five of spades in the turn, queen of hearts pairing the queen on the river. Yes. This is where the shit goes viral. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What do you do as Phil? Okay. So... We have two, I think we have two straightforward plays here, and we have to decide what's better. We can check and potentially bluff catch. Yep. We can block or bet. Yep. Right. Is there any value in blocker betting? I don't know about blocker betting. I think it's more value betting to get called by kings and jacks. It's basically block. I mean, we got to bet small enough that that happens, right? Yeah. Okay, it's not exactly the same as a blocker bet, but it, it effectively works out the same, right? Well, it depends, it depends on different. what our... In- the intention's different. Yeah, because I don't know if we're supposed to fold to raise 100% of the time. Like a blocker well, you, bet you is... Can, more- you can block bet and not fold to a raise, though. People do that. Remember Maximilian? Yeah, but that's... I mean, he said that in that order, but the definition of a blocker bet is to fold if you're raised. I mean... It's to set your price. Yeah, it's to set your price. Yeah. I don't know if it's always to fold if you're raised, I'm, but let's not th- worry about oh, yeah, it. Let's th- not, let's th- not get it into is, it. But whatever. Yeah, let's fine. not care about the semantics this time. Let's talk about potatoes. So, okay. So... My initial inclination is I don't see how we're going to get any value in betting. Like, how do we get value? This guy's got to, if this guy has ace king, we're going to value ourselves. Yep. If this guy has two kings, is he going to call when there are three spades, there's an ace, and there's two queens on the board? We check call, then now we're betting? I think entitlement tilt is a lot more common in these fields than in breakdowns we're usually talking about. That's fair. I think if we bet, we're going for entitlement tilt from kings or jacks. We're literally, yeah, I think we got to, if we're, I think we're really targeting only kings reasonably. Yeah. Jacks may find a fold, even the entitled guys may find a fold with jacks. Uh, Well, if we bet, we can't bet very much then, because we would need kings to decide to call, right? Yeah. Unless this guy's a crazy hero or, you know, you bet big and he loses his mind. But then you could price yourself into hurting. You could hurt yourself, right? Because Ace-King may play this the same way because a spade came on the yeah. turn, right? So You would expect Ace-King to play this the same way. Yes, that's right. That's right. Of course, quad-queens, I guess, could be here, too. Right? Could be. Ace-is-full um, could be here, too. For that's all right. the same reasons. That's right. All those things. They each have one combo from our perspective. But, you know, that's how it is. So? So that's few combos. It's not many combos. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Just like you don't care about my... my I mean, there's, there's, there's actually another... Oh, it's not... A, it's queens full of aces is the other one. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, it feels like a check is what I would do. I would check for sure. Check like, and figure it out. I would check and be like, maybe this guy, especially if this guy's been like losing his mind a lot, like yeah. he really might just fire away here on the river with whatever his terrible, his two fives or whatever, no, two fives is bad, two sixes or whatever. And we just call and, you know. Yeah, I think we're be- mostly checking to call because yeah. like you're not telling a very good story when the queen pairs as the three better when you bet again when like Phil clearly has more queens in his range or should at least. It would seem like it, yeah. yeah. There's, it's like queen, queen, and ace, queen, you would think. Yeah. Right. You would think. Maybe this guy has a lot more, Michael, because of, you know. Yeah, I guess yeah. he probably does. Yeah. But anyway, Phil does decide to go with the small bet. He okay. goes four and a half K into 22K. And I got to believe he's targeting those 
entitlement pairs, right? Yeah, I wonder also if Michael can have a lot of bad aces here. If he actually can have like all the ace wheel suited. If Phil, and if Phil, well, the ace wheel suits are, you know, two of them have made, well, they're not, they're no longer two pairs that are beating us, yeah. I guess. So, yeah. Not a problem. They're, they're chops. Uh, they're not chops. They're not chops. You're We're right. We're winning. It's even better. It is even better. Okay. So I guess we could be targeting those. It if feels those more things, more traditionally like we're targeting the pairs, the preflop pairs. I agree. Like pocket kings is really, I feel like, what we're targeting. There's six combos of it. I feel like we're just going to take a swing at that yep. mostly. And if he happens to have ace four suited, great. What are you supposed to do as Michael? Facing this four and a half K bet, you have an ace that's maybe, maybe you could sometimes be beating Phil's ace. Maybe with ace nine. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Like, Phil could have ace five or ace four or ace three, ace deuce. He could. He could. Suited. Yeah. Maybe. Is that enough to call with the price we're getting? Uh, we're getting a really good price, right? We're, it's 26.5K in the pot. It's 4.5K to call, right? Yeah. So we don't have to be good very often. That's right. cool. Are we ever good? What are, what are Phil's value nine? bets? I mean... We have to assume that he is going to be balanced with sizing and also bet a queen like this. If we think... And in spades. Part of it comes down to what we think about Phil, right? If we think Phil's competent, which we should be able to know, honestly, based on his preflop raise size yeah. in one of these, the fact that he made it 1.7K means either he's a copycat or he knows what he's doing yeah. to some degree, right? But Michael may not be able to put that together yeah. since Michael three bet ace three. Ace nine. Three, ace nine, whatever, plus three. So, so that's part of all this, though. That plays into it, right? Uh, it's hard to imagine us being good if we call, and yet we're getting a great price, and we've got a hand that, in theory, could be call-worthy, maybe. I mean, I could, like, I don't know if Phil is this guy, but in these fields, the players who are a little bit more competent, I think a big mistake that they make, and what I did when I was coming up in poker as a mistake often, was putting my opponent on exact hands mm. and trying to play against those hands. Yeah. So I could see... a. Phil type in this tournament, putting Michael on Kings and trying to play exactly against Kings, right? right? Instead of against a range. Right. And that means that you're, he's going to have his ace wheels in there too, as far as his value bets. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. And also you could even talk yourself into, I mean, if I check and this guy is ace King, he's probably going to bet anyway. Right. And so I get to pay less by, yeah. by betting small. Right. So, so I do effectively block or bet there Yeah. on top of it. Right. Yeah. So, that's pretty good. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to bet his worst aces. Now he has to have worse aces. Yeah. He opened plus one. We're saying, oh, yeah, he can have ace four suited. He, might, he might not be opening those. Yeah. He, and this early in the tournament, he really might not. I mean, not, not this early anymore. He's got less than 100 blinds. He really may not be opening. Yeah. Uh, so, and he may not be calling. That may be, he may actually even fold that, be folded out by that, you know, That's by possible. the three bet because it's such a bad kicker. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but okay. But it's the, at least price, possible. the price is incredible. The price is amazing. So that's good. Now let's but how much of the range that bets are we do we think we're beating? Like how often do we think we actually win? Do we win enough of the time for this to be a profitable okay. call? Let me ask it that way. I don't think bluffs exist at this size. I don't know. I'll start with that. And I don't know what the bluffs would even be. I guess the, the missed gut shots. Um take, right. taking a shot. But betting I, four and a half. Yeah, I don't I don't Just feel like 12, that's right? I don't feel like that's likely. It feels like it's value. Right. So it has to be weaker aces that we can beat. That's, that's what we can beat. Okay. And what we're losing to is the seven, eight of spades. And I don't know, maybe Phil's a little looser. Maybe he has like six, seven of spades too. Sure. He may have, he may have some, he's got some spades. He's got king, ten of spades. He's got king, jack of spades. He's got jack, ten of spades. Some of them, but 
He's going to check race sometimes on the fly. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So those we're losing to. Yep. We're losing to Ace Jack and Ace Ten if he chooses to bet the river, and we're losing to any Queen, which he probably has a decent chunk of. He's got King Queen off in his range most likely. He certainly has King Queen suited, Queen Jack suited, Queen Ten suited, right? Not sure about Queen Ten. Suited. Maybe not Queen Ten. If he opens Queen Ten suited, he's got it. Yeah, right? but I don't know if he's going to open he, it. Yeah. You're right. He may not open it. But Queen Jack suited, he's going to have it. I mean, King Queen off enough is enough of like combos. That's a lot of combos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure he's calling pre flop with that. But I mean, he probably I, it's is. It's a slam dunk call, in my opinion. He's getting a great price. Yeah. Incredible price. Again, I mean, if we know Michael at all, it's an even easier call, too, yeah. right? So he probably does. He's been sitting there. He probably yeah. does. So that's, so yeah. So, uh, okay, fine. He's got all the King Queen. I don't know, man. We're getting so we're getting kind of demolished by his range. We're getting seven to one, right? Um, six, six yeah, and a half. six and a half. So it to be, it's like flopping a set, basically. Yeah, we basically have to flop a set here um, to win. But we're getting the right price. If the, you know that, that's the price we're getting, give or take. Um, we so have to be right like sixteen percent of the time. So there's two other options. There's also we could just fold and be like we kind of lose too often here. This is always value. But if the value includes some weaker aces, which we, it's hard to know. It may not. But it's six and a half to one, man. I understand. But if, his, the value does, if he doesn't have any weaker aces, then we're losing to all of the range. Yeah. And calling then doesn't look so hot and folding looks better. There is the third option. Yep. The guy bet four and a half K. He doesn't have a super strong hand that often when he bets four and a half K. If Phil is not being super balanced with his sizing, which I imagine in this tournament he's not choosing to. Me too. Um, whether or not he's capable of it, which he probably is, but he's probably not choosing to be balanced with his sizing. Then he's not as likely to have the flushes. And maybe he could have the trips because the flush came in, but Michael didn't bet on the flush card, and he's unlikely to have a flush anyway. Yeah. So, so he might not even have the trips in his range. Not as frequently, at least. Mm-hmm. So... He has weak races, which is a just-in-case play. Like, we can maybe even get called by that if we're lucky, but really we're trying to fold out everything. Or we could fold out the ace-jacks and ace-tens of the world. Yeah. Which is a good idea if we think it'll actually work. Do we think it's a reasonable shot to take? Like, are we telling a story that makes any sense at all if we race? Well, what are we repping? We're repping ace-ace, queen-queen, ace-queen. Yeah, we're repping not many things. Those are the things. How many combos of that are there from our point of view as Michael's point of view? Because we don't know what Phil has, right? We don't, but if we're trying to fold out mostly a yes. bigger ace, we should actually look at it from Phil's perspective and point. do it combinatorially from there. Okay. So there's two combos of aces full and quad queens, yep. and then queens full of aces is just going to be four combos. Is it four or is it even two? There's two three aces are accounted for. Oh, no, two aces are accounted for. Well, there's one on the board. We're assuming one in our hand and one no, in Phil's hand. No, we're doing it from Phil's perspective, right? Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, you're so, right, it's Phil's perspective. Yeah, you're so right. it's two by two. Okay, fair enough. So, so four of those. Yeah. So it's six combos yeah. of, of strength. Okay, there's another thing we can have that which we might flush, play, which is a flush. Maybe mm-hmm. we check back the nut flush sometimes. Yeah. We it's not impossible. To, we also have to have three bet that, but, you know. Right. We, we did three bet ace nine. We're capable of having king jack of spades here. The I story think. is not amazing if we raise. It's not amazing. Does it matter? Does it have to be amazing? Can we just get this guy to fold ace jack anyway? I would argue probably we could without a great story. Well, Michael's going to try. Okay. He raises to 20K. Is this, a, is this the right play? I think calling's the right play. Just because the price is crazy. Yeah. You just like sigh, call, lose a lot, yeah. move on with your life, right? Yeah. That's probably right. You can't really fold. It's too cheap. We have slightly too good a hand. We, we, block, we even block spades. Yeah, that's right. Maybe if we didn't have a spade, we could fold, but 
blocking spades is kind of a big deal here. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I prefer just calling, getting this incredible price, and making it's like most likely mathematically correct against the field to call here, right? So let's just do yeah, that. let's just do that. Um, and sometimes in these early things, someone's going to turn over a super weird hand. Yep, they're just like it's like what? Yeah, made no sense. That'll happen. But Michael does raise. He decides. Okay, and I assume he knows he's bluffing. We don't know anything about Michael, so it's possible he doesn't know that. He might think he has to. Yeah, he's probably he has to know he's bluffing. Yeah. I'm going to give him credit and say he knows it. So then it's kind of perfect because he, he's targeting the right hand, ace-jack suited. It's like exactly right. Like yeah. so, so much better than like hard to get trip queens to fold. You might succeed, but hard, much harder, even though kind of repping the same range yeah. still feels much harder. This is how I see Phil thinking this through okay. now in Phil's perspective. I think he's probably thinking, if I've seen Michael bluff at all yet or I've seen him be overactive, I have to call. Like it's just... I'm pretty high up in my distribution, actually, especially when I size it this way. Yeah. And this guy is just a spew. Like, he's just going to spew everywhere. If we know he's spewy, if we know he's got a bluff in him, the story is bad. We're at the top of our range, like you said. Uh, and we bet, we bet in a way that really could be inducing this. Yeah. And, in fact, we think that's exactly what we happened. May have, right? We may have achieved the click war response. It feels like we did. Yeah. And I'm sure this, this play works for Michael, I bet, a lot. Yep. Like, so much. In fact, Phil may have watched this work for Michael throughout the first several yep. levels of this tournament. Even. That actually, I mean, I've definitely done that. I've definitely been in Phil's seat, seen a Michael type who's always pouncing on sizing and be like, oh, I'm going to use that. Yeah. You know? Phil calls rather quickly. He does. Yeah. That's not great for yeah. Michael. So this was Phil's plan, and I like it. I think that's pretty cool. We didn't really discuss that when he bet 4.5K, but if he was planning right. on, on creating a click war, nice work, Phil. Yeah. I mean, if you know that your opponent's capable of this and may not be able to help himself, yeah. then, this, then betting makes a lot more sense than checking. See, this is, this is why I like this hand as a different hand than other hands we've done, because this is the type of exploit that you can actually do in these tournaments that you mm-hmm. can't do in the Stephen Chidwick Bryn Kenny tournaments. You just can't. They're going to be way more balanced. Yeah. <laughs> so much more balanced. So overall, like, we're making a lot of assumptions about Phil and about his intentions, but I think I like the way he played it. What yeah. about you? No, I like it too. I like it too. Um, since he called quickly, it makes me like the bet a lot more, right? Because it means it's part of a bigger plan. Yeah. What do you think about Michael's playing post-flop? Um, I don't hate it. Yeah. I really don't. I think this is mostly going to work against in these fields. Right. So I think it's okay. Uh, had he checked the flop... Maybe this hand plays out differently. Yeah. You know, maybe he doesn't have to lose all this money or all these chips because it, it you know, because now Phil may take the lead mm-hmm. um, potentially. Uh, Phil might bet the turn, really believing he has the best hand most of the time. Understandably so, right? That spade shouldn't scare him that mm-hmm. much. Michael calls. Phil bets the river. Michael calls. We're done probably, or maybe it goes. It probably goes check check yeah. actually with the queen pairing it. So it's better for Michael. But since he decided to bet the flop. The check on the turn, I think, makes sense, even though when we talked about it, yeah, probably a bet is going to be more effective. It's probably a better overall play. Yeah, it probably is. But I, th- I think it's defensible to check for sure. I think I probably would have checked. Yep. And then I like the raise, even though it didn't work. Even though it's not telling much of a story, I still like a raise against almost everyone. If we know this guy is the one competent player, we shouldn't do it against him. Right. <clears throat> the guys who are going to figure it out, those aren't the guys to target. That's all. Yeah. Do you agree that you like a call better than a raise, or you like a raise better than a call? I don't know, man. I, it's, this is tough. You I'm not love clear. a good price. I do love a good price. So, it's, I, so I want to throw the chip in. I just hate a good price when I can't ever win. 
and I worry that I might not ever be able to win. It just, and I really think like in these fields, there are so many people who target exact hands. Yeah. And if that's Phil at all, right. And he's targeting Kings, you know, then I think it's okay because yeah. then he has weak races. Phil could range. turn over ace eight suited if he's targeting Kings. Yeah. Here, right. Very reasonably. Very reasonably. Yeah. I mean, how different really is ace eight and ace jack? I mean, it's a little different. It's a little different, but, but not, not that different. Yeah. You might bet four and a half K with ace eight also. You might. I don't know if he's opening ace eight. That's the only thing. I'm just not sure if he's opening those hands. Ace wheel suited is more likely. Yeah, but even that, we don't know. We don't know for sure. This is and this this is why I might be like I might talk myself into the race because of all that. Where I'm like, I maybe he may not have any hands in his range that I'm beating. Well, when we're dealing though with a lack of knowledge, I think it's probably better to take your good price and put less money in. Um, but think of it this way: like I hear that that's a reasonable overall thought, right? But in this case, if he may not have any hands I'm beating, but a raise is almost always going to work. I should probably raise. Well, apparently a raise was never going to work. <laughs> apparently not. Yeah. Apparently this, not. Apparently this was relatively planned by Phil. This, well, it's hard to know yourself, right? And so Michael has to or know your image, really. Like, Michael may think his image is like this aggressive, tough, this or that. But like to Phil, probably the image is just like, this guy's super spewy. He's all over the place. And you just sit back and collect the chips when you have anything and hope it works. Hope he, hope he doesn't cooler you. Like, if he actually has king, queen, that's so unlucky. Or, yeah. like, spades somehow. So unlucky for me. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's see what the solver had to say about this. Okay. Danny Sprung, won't you come? Solve you late this hand. I think we're going to get Danny Sprung. <laughs> sued. Danny Sprung. Danny Sprung. See, that was fun, right? You want Danny Sprung. Once yeah, it's I, good stuff. When I started, you gave me a look, but then you were like, you know what? I'm on board. This I, is good. Will the algorithm come after us? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I am tone deaf, so probably not. It, yeah. hel- it helps. It, it helps everyone. Let's see if Michael helped himself with these wacky plays, according to Pio. And according to Danny Sprung, doing Pio, because he's our solver. Yes, of course week. he is. Uh, all right. So back on the flop here, Michael, we thought could check back for mm-hmm. exploitative reasons. If you're going to try to be balanced, you have to bet the ace high board a lot, even with the weak aces. Pyle wants to bet ace nine off 37% of the time. So mostly checks, but it's fine, fine to bet, I suppose. Sure. Which is basically what we concluded. Um, the turn is where things start getting a little interesting. Pyle actually wants Michael to bet his hand 70% of the time, simply because he has the nine of spades blocker. If, if Michael had ace nine with no spade, it wants to check 100% of the time. Let's get to the, the meat and also the potatoes on okay. the river. The meat being what should Philip do and then what should Michael do and what should Philip do again. What's the potatoes? The potatoes is what should Michael do and also what should Philip do. <laughs> okay, good. And the asparagus is just what should Philip do at the end. <sighs> I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the asparagus. All right, so Pio actually uses Phil's sizing on the river almost 100% of the time, which it felt like more of an exploitative sizing to us. So it's interesting that the... Super balanced computer wants to do this mm-hmm. all the time yep. on this board pairing queen yep. with ace jack. Strange. I agree. Three spades, too. It's and uh, of note, uh, Pio only bets trips at this size 4% of the time. Goes for a bigger size with trips 96% of the time. We don't need no freaking balance, man. Yeah, Pio's supposed to be balanced, but I guess it's not. <laughs> it's not balancing here. It would be interesting to know how much uh, Pio bets flushes at this uh, size also. Yeah. I guess we don't know, but. That would be interesting. We had a lot of discussion about what Michael should do in response to this tiny bet getting six to one. And uh, yes. Pio, Pio agreed with what I ultimately concluded, which mm-hmm. is that Michael should call 100% of the time. Yeah. The price is just so nice. I remain very unclear about what the right play is. It can I, make strong cases for all options. I, I understand that. That's a perfectly fine take to have. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the fill call, which he did with some 
pretty quick actions there for, yeah. for such a big decision. Um, especially considering that Pyle's 50-50 on it. You're supposed to take like seven minutes if Pyle's 50-50 on it. You have to like find a perfect speck of dust in the room and see if it rotates at the proper <laughs> angle yeah. in order to, to decide whether or not to call. That's what Jason Kuhn does, at least. That's different, though. Um, of course, Phil has got a little more to go on than Pyle in that he knows his customer at least a little bit. And if he knows anything about Michael, which he probably does from playing with him, probably knows Michael's a bit spewy, and so it's probably not really 50-50 for Phil in this spot. Right. So surprisingly, with all of the things that happened in this hand, it, it felt like Phil was, was doing things basically correctly in our mind. But yeah. the things that Michael did, although... The pre-flop thing, we don't really know what Pio would say, but it would probably shoot him in, out of a cannon into space. Mm-hmm. Um, it mostly is okay with what Michael ended up doing throughout the hand. I mean, the, hand. the biggest thing that Michael does is the river, and Pio's like, never in a million years yeah, would I do fair. that. That's fair. Yeah. I guess, I guess I was giving him a little too much I credit. I think you were. That's okay. I'm a nice guy. You're somewhat nice. Thanks. I'll take that. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home. And you gonna meet.